So let's go ahead and hit record. And hello, everybody. Welcome. And thank you for joining us. I cannot speak today. So I'm just immediately going to hand things over to our lovely host, Furby. Take it away. Hi, Hi everybody. Uh, welcome to the Nerdy Podcast. We have our lovely Alex here. We have Dustin over here doing a raid uh, on Tarkov. Way to call me to- out. Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here, okay? I'm trying uh, to get out right now. I'm trying to get out right now. <laughs> just when I thought they, I was out, they pulled me back in. Uh, <laughs> so today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be wrapping up, uh, have our thoughts in regards to WandaVision and uh, all that in the future of the MCU. Maybe talk a little bit about Winter Soldier and Falcon as well and predictions in regards to the show. Uh, talk a little bit about video game news with the acquisition of Microsoft's uh, acquisition of Bethesda. Insert insert like a voice over here that just says Bethesda, just really like. Uh, as well as uh, the sad news in regards to Anthem and the possible future of Bioware in regards to that. Uh, so. I guess we should probably just start with uh, WandaVision. I would actually uh, say that's probably going to eat up a bunch of our time today. And I know everybody's time is a little limited. We should just start with the gaming news because Anthem is dead. I feel like that's not going to take up a lot of time. No, no that's not going to take up a lot of time. So um, with Anthem's had a rocky, like a rocky process or rocky road since the start. It had a lot of glitches, a lot of bugs, complaints from the player base in regards to like, okay, I finished this. What do I do now? Uh, con- so content has been light. Uh, I mean, as it is, Cataclysm, what was it? I think it was the Cataclysm was the, uh, the the expansion for the game that like people were really counting on, and that kept on getting delayed uh, to the point where I think they just lost most of their player base by the time that it finally came out just because it wasn't even when it came out it wasn't even that that wow so uh, EA basically took uh, a group from Bioware and was like look see what you could do to fix this we'll just relaunch the game as Anthem Next uh, and back in February, they decided that they didn't like the way it looked. So um, they scrapped the project. So basically, Anthem's on life support right now. They're just on maintenance mode. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to do any new updates unless something drastically changes. Let's say that the player base decides to come back, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. That being said, the great thing about. Um, Anthem next not being a thing is that um, with uh, Dragon Age 4 coming out soon, EA actually has told Bioware to scrap the the part of the project because they were going to do more of games of the service model once again for that game too. And since Anthem was just a complete otherless train wreck, uh, they've decided to not force Bioware to do that anymore for Dragon Age, Dragon Age Four, um, so they can focus more on the story instead of trying to basically milk the player base. 
That's so, amazing. Yeah. I'm like a huge fan of the Dragon Age franchise. Like when that was like one of my favorite things. I used to just call it like the character creator game is I would just spend like two hours making the perfect character um, I mean, back in like, what was it? Pre, what was the one pre-Inquisition before that? Uh, Dragon Age 2? I think so. I thought it was something else, but yeah, there's, that's where I just spent way too much time. Uh, there's Dragon Age 1 Origins and then there's Dragon Age 2 and then Inquisition, which was the third one. Yeah, so it would have been the second and then Inquisition and then the third one as well. Um, uh, third one is Inquisition. Or the first one's yeah. Origins. Okay. Yeah. My um, brain is just mush right now. But no I, I absolutely no love the franchise. So like to hear them not trying to push this hard like, you know, software as a service element into it or like get, like subscription model or pay pay to win, pay to play, whatever they want to call yeah. it, like is really good. Like I'll gladly pay for dumb cosmetics just because I want to look cooler. But like I don't want to have to like, you know buy loot boxes or I don't even want to play that game online like let's be honest like maybe if they took like a Valheim approach where you could play with your friends on a server or online and build your own like villages maybe but like I would never want to do it like kind of a PvP environment beyond that uh, it's the, the the thing that I never I, I didn't understand how well so two things uh, one with a game like Dragon Age it's a story driven game like with already this massive lore set into it uh trying to make it as a game as a service kind of thing seems like a bad idea just because it's like at that point you're warping what the game originally is how do you how do you make it what do you make it into a destiny style game mm. you know and it's like that doesn't work but also like uh inquisition did have an online mode which worked fine what it was for inquisition was uh you and three other people uh I guess you could consider it a raid. You're put on a map and you have to push your way through like certain areas to defeat a certain number of enemies. And then at the end, you fight like usually like a small boss or something like that. Uh, and uh, it would be like a 20 minute kind of thing. And that worked perfectly fine, honestly. I had tons of fun doing it. And like you have your choice of classes. And as you played, you leveled up those classes. Uh, and you could, like, put points into that class so, like, you would have a replayability and a reason to replay it. And, like, sometimes when you beat certain bosses, uh, you when you beat bosses, you would, like, uh, if I remember right, you open up, like, a loot box that was, like, free. It was a free loot box. It wasn't, like, a paid loot box. Uh, and then you could get items in order to, like, equip your character in that game mode. So that was like a neat thing. So that's a way that they could have worked it. But like, from what I'm understanding, they were trying to make it into Dragon Age fucking Anthem, you know, uh, and that I'm kind of glad that Anthem failed because I don't think I would have loved when Dragon Age 4 came out. If it was like that, I don't think I would have loved it as much as I loved Inquisition. I think I spent over 120 hours on my first playthrough of uh, Inquisition. So... You know, that's just the first playthrough. So, yeah, now, there's still people like that. That game aside, like there's people what ten years plus now playing Skyrim and playing it on every single console it comes out with. So oh, there's definitely replayability God. in those game titles all around. There really is. Uh, so like, but I was honestly like, I was kind of worried with the failure of like of uh, Anthem 
that they were going to cancel Dragon Age 4, but it seems like that's not a thing, so I'm really glad about that. Um, but yeah, that's really all I had to say with the Anthem next. Look at how intense Dustin looks. He's just like... He's in the zone right now. He's in the zone. Look at him go. <laughs> I, I was going to try to segue that into like speaking about I'm being literally in the almost... zone. <laughs> um, Furby, you pulled out something super interesting before we started streaming, and that was the quote from Todd Howard. Um, so before we jump into that, there is some context. Bethesda was acquired by Microsoft recently, which is it's pretty amazing, but at the same time, I'm definitely skeptical given like how they've treated other game store game uh, studios that they've absorbed. They haven't really decommissioned them, so we have who is it? Uh, Mighty Fine or Double Double Fine? Double Fine. Um, Double Fine's a part of it, and they're releasing the new Psychonauts game any day now, or I think it's July, but any day now. <laughs> At this They've point, been it for years. Like yeah, but too. it's actually like coming to fruition. There's been like teasers and stuff, so it's like it's here. And I feel like you know Microsoft, like having them under their umbrella, just really helps kind of like streamline a lot of that and let them focus on the dev work instead of worrying about all the other things like the financials, marketing. Like they don't have to worry about that anymore because somebody else is taking care of it. With Bethesda, it seems like it's possibly going to give them that structure they need since, you know, we we've seen in the past Todd Howard has a very uh very uh Everything's not a good fine. habit. Everything's <laughs> fine. fine. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say he has a um oh brain is dying what's the word uh just just a habit of putting his foot in his mouth and that was not he the word i was really, looking for he but. has a habit of saying things that he shouldn't be saying or making wish making promises that don't stick uh we've seen it a lot with b3 especially and dustin's been there um, several times, but I don't know if he had anything important to add on to like Todd Howard IRL, but he looks like he's busy rating, so I won't let him uh, jump in nope, on this. But... Nope, nope, nope. Um, okay. <laughs> he's always well, going to make time no, no, for no. Todd Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 I've been to the last like three Bethesda pressers, I think, or so. Um, one, I don't. They obviously got some soul searching to do, and and hopefully being close with Xbox, they can get like a really good fan base. Um, in terms of Double Fine, um, I mean, obviously they have the funding they need now. I think the question is like, what of their titles? Like, what are they gonna do with it? Right? I know all of us. I think wanted Brutal. I shouldn't say all of us. There's a cult following that wants Brutal Legend. I'm pretty sure all three of us it. in this room want it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it's definitely an indie title, right? And that's why we don't have a Brutal Legend 2 yet, but they should have the funding now. So I, I I'm I'm curious what discussions are there, right? I would imagine that, you know, Phil Spencer is like I'm sure that's been brought up. Like, do we want to do Brutal Legend or whatnot? Um, and I know Jack Black, like, that's something very special to him. And we've seen ever since the making, he's worn gear and t-shirts and and whatnot so i think we have probably some really big expectations with with um was a double fine of yeah. like that's what we're looking for uh the, the the real question i think the, the hard part is place like these are the title the the companies that xbox has bought are very cross-platform right and so the question is is when is it not cross-platform right um 
because PlayStation, any of their exclusives, even if they used to make cross-platform, are not cross-platform. And and so I think the question is, does do the these Bethesda titles are they going to be cross-platform, or you know what do you do there, right? But Xbox doesn't have Spider-Man, you know, like Xbox doesn't have hell in the in the Avengers game. They don't have Spider-Man, right? So that's my my thought here is like, when does Xbox strike, and how how do they really capitalize on some of these big buys that they've gotten? Um, because we haven't seen that yet. I mean, the, my thing is that um, I think that the it's on the table that they're going to do certain exclusives already for the Xbox, but there are certain games that, from what I was reading, are that's already contractually uh, they're contractually um, what's the word? They're con- actually recommend uh obligated obligated thank you thank you thank you (laughs) i'm the one Uh, with brain mush come on for me i'm always brain mush uh (laughs) they're contractually obligated to already do cross uh, do multiple like uh platforms and stuff like that uh there is toxic like will starfield uh be a play uh, be an xbox exclusive because that's still like something that's so far 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 away Will Elder Scrolls Six be uh, platform exclusive? You know, um, and that's something that like people are worried in regards to that. But I think that like, since I mean, don't don't platforms have to pay for the uh, pay the studios to put those games on their system? So at the same time, uh, and then putting in multiple in multiple platforms as well means more money for the studio, which means more money for Microsoft. So it would benefit them to still put it on the PlayStation as well. Right? I mean, that's, at least that's what I'm thinking. Since uh, Microsoft now owns the studio. Yeah, I don't know on the, I don't know on the, the platform side. It's just, it feels like a lot of the studios and a lot of the big land grabs that Microsoft has gotten they've never capitalized on exclusive on game pass, mm. right. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, I think the decision needs to be made of like, what do you do? Right. Is the next elder scrolls going to be exclusive to game pass basically. Right. Yeah. And that means Xbox and PC. Right. And I think that's, that's a decision that like I would do. Right. I would make the next doom only on PC and Xbox. And, yeah. and what about, I'd really stick it to them. What about taking it a step further beyond that too? Like, so like, um, this is going to tie back into gaming, I promise. But like we see Disney Plus, they've done, you know, with your subscription, you can also buy the movie, but you don't really own the movie. You're just paying to view it before it becomes free to everybody else who can watch it on the platform. Like, could we see potentially like a model like that where, you know, I pay the $14.99 a month for AAA or for Game Pass to play across both platforms, but then maybe they release a AAA title, like let's say hypothetically Cyberpunk was in their their library, or maybe they did um, a new Fallout, Fallout 5 or something like that. If they did something like that, would there be like an incentive for them to be like, hey, 
this is only on Game Pass, but you have to have this higher subscription or you have to pay this extra fee on top of Game Pass. I don't think so. And, and I'll, because that defeats the purpose of why they're doing it, right? They want to make the Amazon Prime of video games, right? And, and they, they've made it very clear, and that's what their investment is. So I don't think there's going to be an additional charge. I think the goal is just to keep everyone really happy and to make Game Pass a phenomenal product. Yeah, Maybe. I think, too, we, we didn't get to talk about this last time. Um, because it wasn't news yet, and there's been two months since the last show. Um, there was, though, the issue where Xbox was going to kick everybody off of Live, I think, in order to switch them over to Game Pass. And then they like, like they they changed their plans like the same day, almost saying, "No, we're not going to do that. You can have Xbox Live as long as you want." Um, at this point, Xbox Live isn't really even worth it. Like the games with gold aren't enough to justify that cost when you can only pay a few bucks more and get access to everything with game pass but does game pass allow you to because i don't have an xbox uh i haven't the last xbox i had was a 360 um does that still let you play if you have the 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 game pass can you still play online against other people yeah it's uh it's all included for that 14.99 price which is phenomenal honestly if you think about it like, there's games that I wanted to buy to play. Like, I wanted to go buy, um, I think it was Celeste the other day to play on console or something like that. And I looked at it to buy, and it was, like, 20 bucks, but it was free on Game Pass. So it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy the game? Which also brings up some other ethical concerns, you know? How much are the developers making? Like, me not purchasing that game and just buying Game Pass instead, like, how much are they getting? Like what's the return on investment for them and like more exposure is always great but you know it comes at a cost for them and that's true i didn't think about it that way that's honestly very true that like for, for me, small companies it, it is for yeah, bethesda like, being owned by microsoft now it's probably you a know non non-issue for them. non-issue and all yeah. around i don't wonder like how much do do companies get paid for their... Uh... We're putting De- Detective Furby on the game. <laughs> for Game Pass? Yeah. There's a financial model there that 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 they that the studios are taking care of. And almost every single studio, I think, on Game Pass... Like, for a vast majority of Game Pass, I think it is studios and properties they own. There's usually not too many games that they don't own. So I'm guessing as part of, like, being an Xbox developer, there is... There, there's incentive there that's i think built into the deal is my guess uh let's see according to phil spencer in certain cases we pay for the full production cost of the game then they get all the retail opportunities on top of game pass they can go sell it on playstation steam and on xbox and switch sometimes the developers more done with the game and it's just more it's more just a transaction of hey we'll put it on game pass if you'll pay us this amount of money so i guess it's an agreement like paid they they get paid a certain amount for allowing xbox to put it on game pass so that isn't terrible i was worried it would be like some big pay to play like um some of the games with gold some of the um playstation like free games of the month like the bigger titles have to pay yeah like 
they pay Sony, not the other way around. But yeah. whereas like an indie developer, you know, something like that is so far out of reach, you know, if as long yeah. as they're getting compensated fairly, you know, it doesn't, it kind of takes away some of that at least. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and it's not like they, they have them, the indie studios don't have the millions of dollars to be like, here, Microsoft or here, PlayStation, please put this game on your system for us. Um, yeah, I think the key difference there too is like if you are an epic, um, what's their launcher or whatever? If you're but if you're in an epic exclusive, I don't think you get the production cost there, right? So I think that's the cool part of if you went with Xbox is basically what he just said, like they'll pay for the production, and then yeah. where you can make it anything on top that you do, like good for you. But then like it's it's there's only an upfront cost for Xbox. So they get a game in the library forever, but the indie developers, you don't have to pay for like, as long as you, you know, pr whatever proposal and budget you set in the beginning, as long as you hit that, um, Phil Spencer wrote you a check for it. Yeah. So I think that's like, you never go out of pocket and then it's up to you to like hustle. And again, Xbox does, I think they're part of, Hey, we have new games. Like, they have a lot of people on their end that push stuff um, from Phil Spencer to major Nelson to lots of like the, the Xbox social. So it's like, I think if you were a game there, you tend to get really good exposure as, as good as anything versus I think most other platforms that you would go with. And I don't know if there is that, like that upfront incentive I think yeah, it's more, I, I guess that's yeah. a good point, too, is like Major Nelson, all those people like they have huge influence and even just beyond gaming like um, Major Nelson tweeted um, a very glowing review of a product of a company I work for. And it was this was like a year ago. Uh, it was everywhere, like all over internally, like all over the internet just everybody was so psyched that he loved the product that they all love as well and it was just the coolest <laughs> thing it was it's so crazy because like you think about it in terms of gaming but like the power these people hold is you know it's it's the equivalent of having like linus you know go drop your brand new graphics card on the floor <laughs> uh i wanted uh, to add something real quick like uh you can you said you mentioned the epic store and like uh, the Epic Launcher and like the cool thing, I feel like the cool thing about with the Game Pass thing is that uh, they're not expecting like, well, you can't sell it anywhere else. And I feel like Epic does demand that you don't sell anywhere else outside of like after until like what six months. Yeah, yeah. it's it's something it's something big there, and that's I don't know. They might pay a lot too. I don't know how much they pay the equivalent there, but. Um, I, you know, I will say Xbox has been very soft on making sure you, if you have another method other than Xbox of getting your stuff. Um, and I feel like it's hurting them. I feel like they should just, just go to full war. Right. Um, <laughs> like uh, that's what I would do. Like, I don't know but why what's they horrible is that, Like a year ago, we were all calling for like unity and peace among consoles and all of that. Cause we saw it. Like but with Fortnite, they started it. doing crossplay, and it became this huge thing front and center, and then it just died overnight. Well, I mean, there is stuff that is crossplay, but like, I mean, PlayStation is not budging. Like, PlayStation is not budging on their exclusive stuff, and like, I, I think it just, 
I think if you have the studio and you have it, like I said, Brutal Legend's a good one. Go make Brutal Legend or like Full Throttle 2 or like, was it Astronauts or what are the Space Knots or whatever? Some of those old Psychonauts. Like, yeah, Psychonauts. Go make the next Psychonauts. Let's do it. Like I would, I would make the next Doom. I would honestly like, I don't think E3 is happening potentially ever again. So whatever they decide to do, I would be like, next Doom. Here we go. Next Wolfenstein. Like, let's go. Like, I mean, all the Bethesda titles, I would seriously be like, how much do you need to make your next round of AAA titles? I mean, and just be... fund it and go for it. And be like, exclusively on Xbox or Xbox Play or whatever. So, PlayStation or Xbox and your PC. I mean, to be fair, though, like, I think that that's a different argument to a certain extent if you think about it. Like, you can have exclusives in your system in your consoles uh, in order to, you know, draw people into buy your console over another console. Like I bought the PlayStation four for two reasons. One, there's certain love, certain games that I saw and I was like, fuck it. I really want to play that. And then also a lot of my friends were PlayStation players. So I was like, if I want to play with friends, I need to go there. Um, but also I think that you can have exclusive, but then like there's, you can still have cross platforms because you're going to have your big titles, like your call of duties. You're going to have your big titles. Uh, like I can't think of like your Fortnites and stuff like that. You're going to have apex legends, things like that. Like a lot of games that are on multiple consoles that you're going to have uh, online communities for, and that's okay to have a cross platform for that, but it's okay to also have your exclusive because that's your bigger selling point. Like, like, would I love to play Halo on PlayStation 4? Yeah, but I also understand that that's their flagship. That is, like, their Master Chief is their, like, mascot, if you think about it, you know? And they're going to keep it to themselves, and that's understandable. And I, you know, I think it's, like, two different arguments to a certain extent. And I don't know what I was trying to do with my hands there. No, but that's that's my thing, right? And I know there'll be backlash. And before it, you know what, I would... And I know they wouldn't do this on their presentation, but like I would, I'd be like, you know, we have to do this because you guys didn't get Spider-Man and Avengers, right? Like yeah. for Xbox, but like I would put this directly at PlayStation. But and to be like, fair, hey, I... we don't get a lot of their stuff. And like, it's, you know, you want to come play the next Doom or the next Wolfenstein or. But to be fair, Scrolls, come on over. But to be fair, I don't think even PlayStation wants the Avenger game anymore. But I would use that example, right? That's yeah. the thing is they have to go for the jugular, and yeah. I think they have to push blame of like, hey, there's a lot of great titles over at PlayStation that you'll never get in our ecosphere, and hey, like, do you want the next, uh, like I said, whatever it is, uh, next, probably not Fallout. I probably wouldn't push for a Fallout, but I think in the Bethesda roster, like, you know, is, I mean, Elder, like is it, Skyrim Elder Scrolls? Is yeah, Elder Skyrim's Scrolls? Uh, Skyrim's Elder Scrolls. Uh, but oh. I mean, like they could do, they could easily do, like, like you said, Doom. Uh, Starfield is still a project that's like far away, and we've seen almost nothing for that. Could be an exclusive as well, and that would be perfectly fine, you know. Especially something like that where it's, uh, where it's um, a brand new IP, you know. That could be definitely an exclusive for the console. And I mean, like, Doom as well, because if you think about it, what is it? Uh, the, the, the 
Doom 3. Wasn't Doom 3 an exclusive for the Xbox as well? I think it was, but I thought it was, like, exclusive for, like, six months. Like, how they, they were, tr like, test running that for a while, where they do, like, this has, like, a three-month, six-month exclusive on this platform, then it's everywhere. And then that's also something else that they could also also uh, also do that where they just make it exclusive for x amount of time and then bring it over to the other consoles because that's still well uh it does give other consoles the opportunity to play the game if you want to play it the day it releases you have to have xyz you know i will say though for like red dead that was an epic exclusive on pc for six months um and that was part of their contract there was no way around that if they wanted to be on the epic store yeah um that actually like my fiance ended up playing it on the ps4 pro um and then by the time it actually came out on steam because that's where he buys his games he wants to only use one interface for his games and i totally get that like i don't want to have to log or log into like 20 launchers to figure out which game I'm playing. Um, by the time it came out though, like he wasn't interested. He already lost interest. The stories have leaked. Like yeah. um, he's already seen some of the endings. He played some of it on console already. Um, he actually ended up just recently, like over the past like few months, picking it up and like playing it all the way through. But it's like you risk huge spoilers when you start splitting it like that. Like just keep it exclusively on one console or like release it to all. Don't do this staggered release. Like it's too That's much. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's. I mean, I kind of get that because there are certain like it's like a TV show. If somebody already spoils it for you. Do you really want to go watch through it? But I feel like it, in video games, it's slightly different because it's like there's so many little things that you experience in certain games that no one can spoil it for you. You know, like I played Red Dead. The original Red Dead, I want to say like a good year or so after it really had come out or so, and I still love the shit out of it. I oh, yeah, I played the Last of Us ones as well. Like those were spoiled for me. Like yeah. I played Last of Us the first one and then the DLC like a month before Last of Us Two came out. So like that was seven years late on that. On the late train there, Jesus. Yeah. Um. Even TV shows, and this actually segues really well into the next part Ooh, of this I with did, um did thing. with WandaVision. Um, I actually had, like, I made the idiot mistake of going on Twitter the, like, mm. morning the episode released, and I saw pictures, but, like, I, I, like, I saw, you know, you have Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, you have her at the end. Spoiler the, alert. Oh, on. yes. Spoiler. No, we are, we are long past spoiler, spoiler territory at this point. Hey, spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, we should. It's yeah. been like two weeks since Sorry, the episode dropped. Wait, this, has it been two weeks? This Holy podcast crap, been don't know weeks. how to give you a spoiler. All right, alert. hold on. Let me get the air horn. Spoilers. <laughs> since two weeks is not an appropriate time for people to feel comfortable with spoilers or a TV show discussion, um, there will be spoilers ahead. So I would say stop this episode. I am very disappointed if you haven't watched Wanda Vision at this point. Um, I will be having a talk with you and or your mother at this point. If you do not go and watch WandaVision wow. immediately. <laughs> Dragon mom. Look at Dustin is stretching to expose the perfect shirt right now. Dustin is mm. wearing a shirt that says, welcome to the shit show. Oh, Sigma shirt. It's Sigma shirt. She's a <laughs> oh, no, I just I just plays... was calling this the shit show from here on out. We're, we're oh, going. No. Yeah, but um, <laughs> this is Sigma shirt. She's a Twitch streamer, mostly plays Tarkov and stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's your shirt I'm wearing. 
So, anyways, if you haven't watched <laughs> WandaVision, please go watch it. It's easily one of the best pieces of television I've watched probably since, like, Mr. Robot and Breaking Bad. And it's it's definitely not up to par with, like, how immersive those were because they were, like, four or five seasons, you know? But for a single season with that sitcom time frame, you know, it it packed in so much that it's... It, we definitely could have did a podcast for every single episode at that point. Like, it was so much to talk about. Um, so without that or without further ado or whatever the, the whatever do, it is. Do, I don't right. I, that, yeah. we're, heavy we're going into it right now. Yep. Um, so I will say I saw those images on Twitter that morning and it didn't really spoil it for me. Like we kind of all knew that that was going to come at some point. We knew she's the Scarlet Witch. Like that's her backstory. We knew at some point it would have to happen. And it didn't really spoil it though seeing those images because I still had no clue how we got there. And, like, I was actually genuinely surprised, like, Disney Twitter or whatever you want to call them, like, MCU Twitter, whoever it is, we're going to, like, identify the group of people tweeting about this. They, like, they were very tactful with what they posted to avoid spoiling it or going into depth to spoil it. Like, they were very, like, kind of, you know, tight-lipped, very, like minimal amount of discussion and it was like really cool to see that out of group like especially when we all collectively had to like wait a week in between each episode where before we could just binge these shows and be done with it and actually not care (laughs) so this this kind of changed all of it so I don't want to jump too far ahead because all of these are important pieces to touch base on so let's just start with um you know let's just talk about the show the meaning behind it um so if we want to talk about it more in the broad philosophical sense let's start there because we can discuss everything else so much more i mean basically it comes down to it, it's a show about grief if you think about it just like the at the bear at just like a, the like the flatline like bear bear base they're not flatline baseline of it it's a show about grief coming to terms with that grief and like i guess moving forward or like uh, oh, oh man um but also appreciating what you had as well um i think there's a line at the end where vision goes like um uh, i was uh i was a robot without a soul i was a uh, something 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 but then like at the end he's like and now i'm a memory that lives in within or now i'm a memory that lives in with you or something like that as he's like disappearing and like it's like you know you know i just think it's a, a show that deals with grief and how accepted and how to appreciate what you have you know or what you had at one point you know and how to move forward with that and i don't know the, who hasn't lost friends who hasn't lost loved ones you know so it's like a very like yeah all, thing that we all deal with i'll be honest i cried like a baby at that ending (laughs) like he's just he's telling her like you know i was a robe or i was like this without a soul like he's going through that monologue and it just kind of boils down to that one line where uh he he says i I forget i I tweeted it everywhere like posted just that line very cryptically (laughs) but it's uh you know we've made or we've parted our ways we've said goodbye before so it stands to reason and then wanda comes in and she's like we'll say hello again. I'm just like, oh, stop it oh, so God. much. I can't handle it. Um, 
but it is it, it it really is like this collective processing of grief on display and it's it's ultimately you know I'll touch base on this momentarily about the commercials, but it's Wanda going through like all these pivotal and crucial moments tied to her grief, her trauma, and just how she's learning to heal from it and be whole again. Like if you think about it, just like long-term, she has not had a chance to process any of this. Like she got snapped. (laughs) She woke up like it had been five years, but all of this stuff had just happened to her and then she was gone and now she's back and she never had that decompression, you know? So it's, it's, it's exhausting and it's a way for her to kind of go through and cope with all this stuff. And you really see that in those last two episodes, but on top of it, like as an audience, you know, we got to see this show week by week, we got to theorize with it, but it almost kind of was this collective way for all of us to kind of process our own grief and trauma over the past year, just, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world, Mm. COVID, um, orange man, bad, like (laughs) all of that stuff has just been so much to deal with, you know, and it was just kind of this cathartic week to week experience that I don't think it would have actually been the same if it was just, you know, nine episodes I watched in one night. Yeah. Um, I, speaking of that, I actually really think that that's one, uh, it helps with preventing spoilers because when it's like how many times have somebody like oh did you watch so-and-so show on netflix and it's like all the all the episodes are there at the same time spoilers for the whole thing drop within like minutes after like basically within minutes that like the first day is done you know so that i know there's plenty of shows on netflix that i've wanted to watch but like people spoil them just been like "Mm." Oh, yeah, like, um, I really loved The Haunting of Hill House, and the second one came out, I forget the name of it right off the top of my head. That one was spoiled for me, and I actually didn't watch it until a month after it came out, just because I, at that point, I was like, oh, it sounds disappointing, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Um, the same thing happened with another Netflix show, I'm blanking on it. Oh, you. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, it's kind of really cheesy rom-com, serial killer kind of... <laughs> vibey stuff but it's it's good it's a really good story it's really funny um lots of drama and i i really enjoy it but when all those episodes drop in one night like when i wake up the next day somebody's like on whatever outlet vanity fair or whatever whoever's talking about it and has just told me the whole plot and now what's the point and actually i think it deters when you have this like binge cadence versus like weekly cadence and I was definitely disappointed at first but like this ties really well into my next part is like the theorizing has been phenomenal with this like with WandaVision like I've found so many YouTube channels um specifically the one you turned me on to new rock stars yeah yeah Eric Voss he's He's the man (laughs) Oh um, man, Modesto, 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 just always. the whole time. And then um, Screen Crush as well. Like Screen Crush, every single episode. So when those episodes drop, that uh, Ryan, I forget his last name, is there straight up at like 3 a.m. watching that episode, goes through and pulls. <laughs> like he must be going frame by frame. He's pulling every single Easter egg. Like his some of his videos were 81 things you might have missed. And it's like, I did not catch any of these so thank you but like these are like some super high quality videos that are almost double the length of the episodes at that point yeah um and then the theorizing like we didn't know where this was gonna go like i think you had some call outs like mephisto 
Um, you know, we thought maybe like West Coast Avengers, House of M, and it really kind of it's it's it it didn't have that closure that I think we all were hoping for, but that's not a bad thing because it, it laid the dominoes to play out for all of this next phase of the MCU. And I think that, that like, I think you mentioned it before, uh, before we started, uh, we were talking a real, a little bit and like a, about red herrings and stuff. And I think they purposely did that. You were right that I think that they purposely did a lot of red herrings just to throw people off, you know, like, um, there was, uh, uh, Maria Rambo was talking about, uh, uh, about the engineer that she knew that like that um that she knew that could get her into the hex and stuff like that and like people were theorizing oh it's this is how they introduced reed richards into you know into the mcu and da 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 and this and that and you know it turned out it was oh my really my fiance and i were deep into this from the first episode when you see you know you have pregnant wanda going out and she sees the guy in the beekeeper suit it's just like not the bees and <laughs> i instantly thought you know the hex the bees it's got to be like this it's got to be that i think there's like that subdivision of i'm blanking it's one of the agencies who are like i think operating like as a shadow organization under or under sword or something like that and i was like the, the hex like it's all got to be connected like getting yeah. out my like pins and like my whiteboard and just like running string across the entire it's, it's department like, uh, it's uh it's like what is it it's uh not mac it's uh oh my god charlie in, yeah. in that picture <laughs> yeah that's she me it's just like mephisto <laughs> he doesn't exist he doesn't exist <laughs> that that was the whole thing and it was like there were so many little like seeds planted that if they ever did want to like maybe maybe they don't know what they're doing beyond dr strange like maybe they have like everything up until that point planned and they like they don't they have like rough framework of what's going to happen after that like these seeds were already planted that they can kind of pick and choose where they want to go if they want to do that you know if they want to say demons are canon now they have that card there they can pull that out at any time you know we know witchcraft is now canon we know the way magic is created in the mcu is canon like you know where agatha pulls her magic from the earth or yeah did she yeah she 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 was pulling earth magic and then wanda pulls the universe Hex, uh, chaos, all chaos of that. Chaos magic, yeah. Uh, what also, I think it's like it's a good way. I think you uh, you might have already said it this way, but I was thinking that like it's a good way to test the waters to see what people are more uh, attuned to to want to do in this show or want to see from the MCU. Because like I know a lot of people were excited when uh, Rambo got her powers. And like automatically people were like, this is how mutants are created in the universe. This is how mutants are happening in the MCU. This is how they're going to bring them in. And a lot of people were excited about that. And they could easily use certain things like this to be like, well, those people that were like, how many people did they capture in that hex? Hundreds, you know, thousands probably because the the population was a few thousand and Westview itself. Like this is how they introduce. Like people were like talking about that, and then that's a way of testing the waters to see like if people are really excited about mutants coming to the MCU, which I think who isn't, you know? Uh, how? I'll be honest, I wasn't up until this. <laughs> you weren't? What? Not you really. I, so, you don't. I don't know Deadpool? what it is. I I've never Cable? really like. 
unpopular opinion time like i wish i had my sound effects like to build up to this <laughs> i never really cared for the x-men um a lot of the mutant stuff the fantastic four any of that but i think it really comes down to i didn't really care for the comics as a kid because i you know marvel was just so much more in your face at least yeah. like for me but then i also like the movies for these have been absolute dog shit yeah, <laughs> up until this a, point that's definitely understandable that, that would leave a bad taste Wolverine in your mouth. was dog shit no 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 not wolverine not deadpool <laughs> but i'm talking about like you know the fantastic four with like the guy from a uh, project x in it or whatever it was like <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, Miles Teller. Teller. See, see, but okay, okay. You're you're picking one thing though that wasn't Jennifer MCU. Lawrence Mystique. What, what is Feige failed, right? And, and true. Think about their but this stories. was pre. Like, this was this, pre Feige though. This is this is, this is this, way this was, this pre like all right. of this like. You but know? so at least about, about okay. But but that's what I'm saying though is a lot of these projects already were pre Feige, right? There's yeah. been a Punisher before him. Did he knock Punisher? Like, did they knock Punisher out of the park? Like, okay, ne- Netflix gets its own like Netflix Marvel okay, is fantastic. It th- needs th- to be canon. There's been well, there's rumors that like Charlie, what's his name, is gonna is already set for Daredevil. But um, I didn't even go deep on theories. Like, the only thing that mattered was like we already knew from Comic Con that Doctor or D23, one of those that Doctor yeah. Strange ties in so it was like to me i didn't even go deep on theories and to me like you don't need anything to me like grand to introduce anything because they just like you can just introduce it right if there's one thing that we've shown so i didn't really see this anything as more of a gateway than like a one-shot story that now is going to lead into doctor strange so like i didn't even go theories i just had a blast with it and i was like with the end i just kept watching with really the one thing of like all right like we're going to the multiverse of madness here like that's that's where we're gonna end up at see i felt like so much more than that because like the theories were part of it like this is the part of the comics that i'm not very well versed with the only extent i know is the countless hours i've spent watching new rock stars and like screen crush at this point and then everything furby has educated me on in terms of like house of m so it's like i don't know where we're going i know that the multiverse exists it's been hinted at in the last spider-man movie so we know that like this has been teased you know we know that wanda has the ability to be a nexus being which was also kind of hinted in the commercial but it hasn't really gotten there yet so we know that there's more to tell the multiverse started really with endgame right because Loki's alive Fair. now, and it holds right. Yeah. So you didn't really even need to to watch anything with Spider Man or or anything because the multiverse really was set heavily in the MCU when the fact that there is now Loki alive in the world, with yeah. the time the traveling stuff, yeah. Right? But that's that's all different unit, right? Like the fact that there is Thor's hammer in multiple places and and whatnot. So that's like I don't think you even have to look at anything outside of Endgame to realize there's a lot going on in a lot of different places right now. True, which but is, I... like, in essence, the multiverse, right? Yeah, I think the True. thing is there's so many different ways they could bring this story in, like the Mephisto element, House of M, they can pull in mutants that way, and like have Wanda go through the whole No More Mutants story arc. Um, they uh, could do all these other things, and Furby wants to talk, so I will stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that, like, the thing, you know, is that, think about it this way. 
them using WandaVision as a vehicle to set these things up means that that's less time being spent during the next few movies introducing these thoughts. You know what I mean? Think about like, uh, think about like the, in my, okay, so think about this. Uh, Spider-Man 2 and 3, the Tobey Maguire movies, right? The biggest problem that I had with these movies was they were trying to introduce too many elements in a short period of span, a, 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 a small period of time and pack it all into a movie. And then that takes away from time that could have been spent, I don't know, developing if one character already existed more or, you know, expanding more on this other story a little bit more. Um, and then doing it during WandaVision gives them a little bit more leeway in the future movies and the future shows. So then they don't have to be like, oh, by the way, here's 10 minutes of exposition in regards to this topic and blah, blah, blah. They could easily, you know, could have been used elsewhere yeah, in that movie. I, I get that. Go, go out. I was no, just no, going to no. say it's similar in nature to like Batman. We've seen Batman done by like 10 different studios at this point. Do they all really need to tell us how Batman was created and how like his parents died do they need to show us the 45 minutes of him as a kid getting traumatized from his parents getting killed and being Broody. raised all alone like we don't need that we, we know the baseline just give us the, the goods give us the action at this point Which... and i think that's what wandavision did a really good job of giving us enough information to go into this next phase so we don't have to play catch up and waste time exactly and like oh uh... I mean, that's also, like, the great thing about, like, the new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, that they didn't... I didn't need to see Uncle Ben die for, like, the 500th fucking time, you know? We know Uncle Ben gets shot. That makes Spider-Man sad. Mm. So, like, you know, less time being wasted on certain things that we all know or should know by now, you know? Um, and more time being used to invest into other things, you know? Yeah, I, I guess another reason I'm, I'm glad I didn't go deep in the theory hole is just the end credit scene, right? Like, yeah. now b between Captain Marvel and the various end credit scene we've got, like, it's very clear what the main storyline is. Um, and I just think it's going to be interesting how then they introduce Fantastic Four into this and, like, how, how that's going to be a piece of, of like, what's coming basically i didn't realize i was still muted <laughs> that's the story of my life lately in meetings but yeah i i think it was just fun because like you know i'm kind of at the point where i'm running out of content um i've watched all of netflix twice now well hey, um two days, <laughs> not really but two days you get more content in two days Oh. Yeah. So I, I think the theorizing was actually like just this kind of fun element. It almost brought it back to like old school television. Like remember like when you didn't know where things were going, the internet really wasn't a big thing outside of AOL chat rooms. So it was like, you know, when something happened on that episode, you wanted to talk about it and you wanted to try to guess what was going to happen next. And it was kind of this like community building. You felt like you were a part of it. You were felt like you were a part of figuring out where the story goes before they tell you where it goes. And I feel like with WandaVision, they, they had so many red herrings, you know, Mephisto, 
um, old Scratchy or Senior Scratchy, the little yeah. rabbit for Agatha. They had Agatha. Like, is she going to be a mentor? Is she going to be a villain? Like, there was so many little things. The, the bringing in of uh, of uh, oh my god, what's Evan Peters, Evan Peters as well. Like the the confusion. In to, yeah, <laughs> the confusion in regards to that and everything else that it was involved as well. Yeah. And let, so. let's not forget, Catherine Hahn is a boss, and her she singing that theme song, by the way, it was Agatha all along. Like, I'm not even gonna try, but that was that was. Mwah. So, so that my I think my 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 only thing I'll theorize is what they're gonna name the group, right? Because, again, heavy spoiler here. Uh, if you don't know Marvel Comics, um, it was called the Illuminati, right? That's where we're headed to, but I don't think they're gonna use that name. So I'm actually no. very curious what they're going to do are but you like, talking about with the avengers specifically or the, ne- so, the next okay, group yeah. so, so what's going to happen or at least like what happened in the comics right is is secret invasion and that's yeah. they keep the, that's why the scrolls are here and eventually we keep seeing the scrolls we saw them you know the, the, they're they're the now WandaVision. exactly right wandavision they're clearly headed there and they're going to do some storyline of that and so what's <sighs> happened in the comics was Iron Man, Professor X, Doctor Strange, yeah, Doctor Strange, and also Fantastic Four, like basically Reed every, Richards, and I think T'Challa yeah. also is was involved. Was I feel like he... I don't know. There was another couple people, I think, and they called. I think Captain America. Illuminati. I think Captain America was also part of it. At yeah, one point. I think it depends what you because there's I think about a couple secret invasions too. So yeah. like there even could have been Magneto or something, but it was like. Uh, basically your your top people created a group and they called it the Illuminati and basically the Illuminati fought the scrolls because eventually they were like it's it's getting out of hand and that's what like the shape shifting and all the stuff that we keep seeing is leading to this clash but I don't think they'll call it the Illuminati I think they're going to come up with a name for it and it could be the Avengers that that they just take over this title like but that's what we've seen since captain marvel and it's leading clearly to this point what we saw after endgame like what we just keep seeing and the the shape shifting and stuff it's leading to this one point but i don't and and that's where it makes sense to me of why we're gonna get mutants and you know why fantastic four is coming and it's like i i get that but i'm just curious what they're gonna if they're going to name it, what, what group they're going to name it, or are they just going to have it as like the Avengers versus the scroll or whatever. So that's super interesting that you pulled out those pieces from it. Cause like, I, I have seen the scrolls like be prominent and like, I've even like went down the rabbit hole, like, Oh my God, the scrolls are involved with the hex. Like, no, it got, it got really deep and dark and it was a bad place. Um, <laughs> but I, I think though, like the things I've pulled away from this is, we seem to be heading closer to the West Coast Avengers, like with White Vision, like there's possible story arc there. Um, there's also the potential for the Young Avengers now, like that well, might the, come they, way they are, down the line. That is a project that it's already in the pipeline, but that's like 20, 2024 or something like that. Yeah, uh, no, that's going to have Avengers. to wait till all of this plays out because yeah. there's no way that's happening until, you know, we see Captain Marvel too. We figure out what's happened between her and Monica. Monica, yeah. <laughs> I always mix her name up together for some reason. Maria we have to Rambo. wait. Yeah, 
<laughs> we have to wait to see what plays out there because we know in WandaVision she was straight up like when they mentioned uh, Captain Marvel, she's like, mm mm. Mm-mm. not having this like yeah. just the look on her face was like don't want to talk about it so like what yeah. happened in those years that you know he was yeah. snapped or she was gone like there was definitely something that soured that relationship there and it seems like a lot of these pieces have already been laid out even pre-endgame um and it seems like they're intentionally keeping it vague with these like where could this go um and it'll be interesting to actually see where it does go um, do we think we're going to get Vision, or do we think we're going to get Ultron? I think Vision. Oh, Ultron! <laughs> I mean, you can never truly get rid of Ultron, but I do think that the well, white... I was, what I was really but, hoping is that when White Vision and, and uh, WandaVision met, that they would have just merged and, like, you know, because, I mean, she he, he was just a construct of Wanda... So like, and then he doesn't have a physical body. White Vision has a body, but no memories. So I was hoping that it was just like a merge, and it's I, like dun, 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 you know. But it's like I was really sad about that. <laughs> I was really, really. I feel like that would have been a little too on the nose. He did mm-hmm. though. Like he's like, you are data. Your body is here. Like I can just tap you, and you'll have access to all these memories that you yeah. previously like had. And so like. I think there was that weird mental breakdown with the ship of Theseus where he's yeah. like, I am vision. I am also not vision. vision. Oh no. Oh fuck. <laughs> and then he, he flies off into the sky, like never to be seen again. Like he's definitely going to be seen again. I, I, I do feel like they cut the Ultron storyline short, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Cause that's a whole conversation. I, mean, did they? I don't think they did. They started, they started it. Right. But see, that's like, he died too easily. Like, yeah, he really did. It felt like God. they introduced him into that. And then at the end, you know, they just leave with vision. They, they don't like he planted the seeds for so much more and they didn't do the it. The age of Ultron because was that's actually not a him. day and a half. The one that flew off is the one that matters. Yeah. Like, that's my point. Like, why does this one, why does fake one matter when now you have a real one? Like, who just flew off? So, like, yeah. to me, like the, the story literally just started for him. Oh yeah, I can see that. Oh yeah, no, that's why I think though, because like White Vision is actually prominent in the comics, and from my very amateur research and knowledge of this so far, like it does seem like they're setting up. They're they're basically there's three paths that they could go, and it seems like they're just pulling little pieces out of each of them to kind of create this really neat little package that's going to take us to the the through the next phase at this point. And I feel like that's something that uh, the MCU does very well. Like they they take little bits from story from story arcs and weave it into a smaller package that's like that tells a certain story but doesn't go as deep as let's say you know like you would in a comic book because a comic book has a year of storytelling. Usually most arcs are about a year or so, so it has a year to story tell that. You know, and they only have an hour and a half, three hours to tell XYZ story, you know? Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And that that actually, did you have anything else to add on to this? Because I think it does tie in well to the future of MCU in general. Well, I was going to say something in regards to the future of the MCU, because you mentioned about the scrolls and stuff like that. And I think it's... Uh, also, oh, yeah. another another new Rockstar video that I was watching that I did not pick up on, 
in the Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, there is a scene where they're fighting in some nightclub or something like that, and you see like this wall, and it's the wall looks like a bunch of like just faces and stuff, but they're green faces. So like uh, they're theorizing that that's just a wall of like scroll skulls, basically. Like somebody's like literally has hunted down scrolls. We need to go so, deeper. <laughs> so uh, that's something I'm hoping that they will investigate or like go down that rabbit hole in uh, in that show at least. But yeah, you were mentioning scrolls, and I wanted to say it before I forgot because I know myself that like the moment something else comes up, I'm like. Absolutely. That was actually perfect, though, because I did want to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, it is streaming March 19th, so there's Wait, only... 19th? Oh, that's 15th. It's 19th? 19th? I think so. Fact check me. Do it. No, you're probably right. I thought it was, for, for whatever reason, I thought it was the 15th. Yeah, it's yeah they're, they're right. doing the, the Friday release, so they took a break off from WandaVision, and then they're jumping into this. And then when this one ends, I think there's about a month break, and then we get Loki. So before we go way too much into Loki, because I think we've already touched base on that one pretty well, um, yeah. let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm just going to be candid. I don't know much about them beyond what we've seen in the MCU so far. And to be honest, they haven't been my favorite characters up until this point. But, you know, WandaVision definitely showed that there's power in the storytelling. So I'm very excited to see it. And I'm excited to hear what you guys have to think. <laughs> There weren't your favorite? Come on. He was they like, feel like a buddy cop. Man in arm. It, and then like they're buddy head, cop. Rocking. It's buddy cop like, though. I mean, like if yeah. you think about it, I think that like uh uh I think that they are we had WandaVision that was like a like a like a sitcom slash drama, you know, and now we have uh, the Winter Soldier, uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's gonna be a cop buddy slash like investigative like drama or show you know so like i think that they're like that's what the, the whole premise of the show is going to be and i think it's going to it looks so far from the trailers it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun honestly like so from the trailers specifically i've seen two things so far i've seen the the mask with like the handprint on it like the red uh, handprint uh the flag smashers is the and the then I've also heard, and I don't know if this was in the trailer, but I've heard it heavily rumored that the guy who, I forget his name, he was... Zemo? Was he from... N or, uh, Civil War. He was in Ultra yes. Ultron Civil and Civil War. War. Civil he War. was the guy that was experimenting on them and experimented on Bucky and like held him in that like isolation tank or something oh, like that. No, no you're so talking about... Uh, oh my god, what's his name? I forget what his name, said? but he's allegedly in this. Could be. He died. I mean, the main thing. No, is, he didn't die. Well, the main thing is the villain from Civil War is exactly this story. He's in this story. Like that is one hundred percent confirmed. So, the upside of this story is it's the first time you're really gonna have a villain come back, and that's the biggest problem with the MCU. They've never brought back a villain, and they've got to solve this before they get to Doctor Doom, because you have to have recurring villains. Like you yeah. have to. Um, especially when you get to Dr. Doom and, you know, I think a lot of the villains they face so far are outside of Thanos big, they're big villains, but a lot of them are throwaway villains. You're going to get into the core staple of villains with some of the Spider-Man stuff, Fantastic Four and X-Men, right? 
Wh- and so they have to solve this problem of just beat the villain and toss him away because you can't do that with Magneto and you yeah. can't do that with Dr. Doom and, you know, Dr. Octopus and Kingpin. And I just think some of the directions that now the MCU is branching off into, you have core staples and the story is enriched tenfold because you don't defeat these guys and yeah. these guys win sometimes and these guys are are better, highly intelligent, and sometimes far more motivated than what the good guys are. So that's the upside of Winter Soldier is you have a key guy that was defeated in Civil War, basically, and he's the main villain in this story, basically, that we're coming up. Yeah, so looking it up, just because I wanted to confirm the name, because I, I was, it was driving me crazy, honestly. We have Baron Zemo, um, who comes from the Civil War Age of Ultron um, movies. We yeah. then have John Walker is rumored slash likely uh, a part of this. Uh, well, John Walker is a U.S. agent. He yes. is supposed to be the person that takes over the Captain's shield. And actually, that's going to be in the show. That's uh, If you've seen the trailer, that's the, the guy running into the field. Yeah, and he's like, high five. Yeah, that's that's John Walker. That's uh, He's U.S. agent slash Captain America uh, slash, uh, from my from what I remember reading the comics, he's kind of a fucking dick. <laughs> so that's what i was the, talking about Baron Zemo the third one though about. there's one more he's confirmed that's a hundred percent like yeah. at d23 like he was one of three people like front and center so that's what i'm saying that's a villain that is recurring now and yeah. and and this is the first time they've done this mm. well yeah Are and then there's one more here and yeah. it's a flag smasher with yeah. the group ultimatum so it seems like there's they're bringing in multiple heavy hitters with a recurring one to kind of really drive things home for the next phase of like what captain america's storyline looks like um fuck, i had a point uh you i think you were talking about or earlier you were talking about some of the the the, the ones that helped create wanda and stuff and you're thinking about uh, i was thinking about uh uh, Wolfgang Strucker, and he's the one that was killed uh, in Civil in uh, Age of Ultron. He was the one that was doing the test on Pietro and Wanda. Yeah, I there was. Clear, I just wanted to clear that up. That, yeah, and we that... we kind of missed that whole conversation, but I feel like everybody's already discussed it. Where the commercials and each piece of them, like you had the toaster, was a Stark. You know, yeah. like I feel like everybody's covered that so much. We don't need to beat that into the ground too much. Yeah. But Strucker definitely was a big part. But he's gone. Um, yeah, he's gone. It's Zemo is yeah. or however you pronounce it. That's the one that we're looking at yeah. as kind of that recurring villain, the first one to kind of come back. Um, yeah, and, assuming well, assuming Ultron isn't in place. Oh, well, yes, and, and Ultron you, and will come. It's just a matter of when and where. But like he, you, he, we never saw him die. Right. Yeah, and then also on top of that, you can't get rid of you can't technically get rid of Ultron as long as the internet exists. Like that, at least in the comic books, as long as the internet exists, Ultron can just uh, shift his consciousness elsewhere on the internet and then reconstruct his body elsewhere and then shift his body into uh, shift his conscious into that body. Well, that was Vision's whole purpose was to kind of like quarantine him, like be like, hey, you stay in this little box and nowhere else. Right. But 
look what's happened with Vision, right? Yeah. And so that's to me is like that's why it has to go to Ultron. Like yeah. it, it would it doesn't really make sense right now, but the only thing that they've done with Ultron is he clashed with Vision and we have no clue what happened. Yeah. So the fact that you now have Chaos White Vision flying around who has no memory and he's just basically like this like and, clone that flew off. They have to take that to Ultron. Like and it then, has to go to Ultron. And it's not the it wouldn't be the first time that Ultron has hidden himself in vision and taken over vision as well. In the comics, uh uh he's done that before. Uh where like years later all of a sudden like vision's like Look at me. I'm actually Ultron. Ha ha ha, you fools, you petty humans. And then fucking goes on a rampage, you know? Just fucking pulls a bender and is like, kill all humans. Humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like, we're going to. And Ultron has a lot of ties with Silver Surfer, right? And, and I'll say, like, we already know that's where all this is heading to. Like, Feige is the only thing he's ever fought for with Fox was Silver Surfer. Like, that's what he went to bat for. That's what he's wanted for 10-plus years, was Silver Surfer. So we already know long-term, right? We already understand that scrolls are in play. They keep recurring. We're pretty sure we know where this is going to go. But Ultron is a big tie-in, and so is Galactus with the scroll and Silver Surfer. So it's, like, really probably phase five or a very if this is a very long phase four we know end state where it's gonna go it's kind of like when you have all the legos but maybe you don't have the instruction booklet so you're like <laughs> kind of just piecing them together um and it's gonna be a lot of fun along the way probably unlike legos without the instruction booklet but <laughs> long term like we already know this is going to galactus and silver surfer right that's like where it's all going to go and it's just about having as much fun along the way to when we get there i'll say i don't know how good you are at legos but i would not be having fun without those instructions and even with the instructions i cannot build a piece of ikea furniture if my life depended on it so i don't know <laughs> what, what your idea of fun is here but definitely not on my <laughs> level here um so we kind of know where that's heading with these pieces. How do yeah. you feel like Loki's going to tie into it? And not just Loki as the series. Like, we also have confirmation with Natalie Portman rejoining the Thor cast. And um, there's been some leaks that have popped up online of her actually wielding... Well, I can never say it. <laughs> but that's, say the name but of the that's hammer. The whole story. We already know that's what like that. We already know that's what love and and it's 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 Thor. It's like that's that was confirmed at D twenty three. So yeah, we already I know, know the direction they're going, right? Where do you that think what else is going to happen with that? Uh, you know what I'm excited about. You know what I'm excited about. Uh, Matt Damien's coming back for Love and Thunder. And that's he, awesome. He's what was going, he? What was his role? In Thor, he played Loki. 
he played, played Loki. fake Loki during that yeah. play at the beginning of the in Ragnarok. In Did Ragnarok, you not know that? Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the joke that yeah. he was the actor because they were doing this the the tragedy of Loki. Yeah, he played it. Yeah. So they're doing another scene like that. There's been screenshots of it, and he's on the cast and stuff like that. And they're doing the reenactment of the battle, uh, at least from the screenshot, they're doing the reenactment of the battle of uh, Thor and Loki against uh, Hela when, like, oh, no, Hela, yeah. when uh, the, the hammer gets smashed. Because he's like, there's scenes where he just has the hammer and they're all dressed like really badly, and he throws it, and she's like, Mm. So I'm, I'm looking so forward to this. Um, <laughs> I'm very hyped for this now. Um, also, Matt Damon, can we just like appreciate how good of a sport he is? Because he's been like dressing up like a grape and going on like Jimmy, what was it, Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel? I always get them mixed up. There's too many Jimmys in Hollywood <laughs> right now. Uh, one of them though, he's been like friends with them, and they like he always like calls them to be on the show, and is like, I didn't ask you security, like. Get this guy out of here and like just. Well, he always he's doing like goofy things as well. Like oh, is it in Deadpool? He was uh, he was what is it? Uh, the Invisible Dude. No, that was no, Brad that was Pitt. Brad Pitt. But he yeah. was uh, he was one of the 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 like the country like guys in the truck when uh, oh. when Cable comes back in time, uh, and then Alec Tunic was the other guy, and he does like these like goofy like like side roles like lately and it's just kind of funny to see that <laughs> yeah he he's a he's a huge trooper for putting up with a lot of that stuff and i genuinely I, think at this point he's made enough money he doesn't have to put up with it he's yeah, like no i want to do well, it no i can't, I can't I think, think of the last time i saw him in a movie movie where he was like the main character i can't think of one i think the thing is they probably have asked him and he's probably just like i don't want to get sucked into this like i don't want my <laughs> life to every couple of years revolve around filming <laughs> this like right like i mean we saw that with um god what's her name uh gwyneth paltrow how she said she'll come back if it's like a couple day it's a one day shoot or whatever um yeah. it's just that's a lot right and i think natalie portman that's what she got burned out of because she wasn't a star role and everything and so yeah that's like the best comic that's probably come out in the last 15 years in my opinion like we're gonna get to see some of that badassery that was one of the coolest things marvel's done since marvel vs x-men or i mean uh, avengers vs x-men was putting uh her character as thor in the comics and like we finally have that so i'm like i, I it's gonna it's gonna be really cool what what comes from that also i uh liz just pointed it out to me um, this is not the first time that uh, Matt Damon's played Loki. Uh, he was Loki in Dogma. What? <laughs> no way. All right, I'm going to need to fact check that, but I, I definitely am going to. No way. I'm taking it as That's... proof and fact for now. So wait, was, was the scene in Thor 3 a Dogma reference? And we never... <laughs> wow. we're just going deep into layers it's like the inception of loki it's like i didn't realize that that it's, is it's matt damon playing loki playing matt damon playing loki i i will say too um matt damon 
has like a good attachment to like his past roles. Like I think he he he's very proud of his work and stuff. So like that makes even more sense of why he would have been all for being Loki because I'm sure as in his mind it's much of a homage to a role that really was one of his first ones and was probably a really fun one I would imagine compared to some of his other roles that he's done. Excuse me. No, the yawn did not mean. Oh no, don't do that. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, that that all sounds awesome, and I'm very hyped. I think we might have to start doing more regular podcasts with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Do some like deep dives. If Dustin's not too big in the theorizing, it's just gonna be Furby and me drinking on Zoom and just like being like, "Yo, I know where this is going." No, there's just behind it. There's a lot of face value stuff, right? And I think that's the thing is like, without going to theorizing, like I will say, most of everything that's given to you is very face value, right? Like everything that I've said is like very face value of like, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that phase by the end of phase four, there will be a very clear path to silver surfer. I don't think that that. is like, I don't think that's theorizing at all. Like given the history. They're also talking about the fact that like, uh, King, uh, uh, King the conqueror might be the next big bad as well. Yeah. I've heard that one online. Um, quite a bit for Spider-Man, right? Isn't that going to be, uh, well, King the conqueror, Well, Kane the Conqueror is like the lactose level threat, like as well. Oh yeah, okay, Kane. No, no, sorry, I, I, yeah, I got mixed up. Um, it, yeah, I, I mean, I just think either way, it's gonna end up with Galactus and Silver Surfer. Like that's the next, that's what it's gonna lead into, because that's also one of the only, like, most epic villains that you can follow Thanos up with. I'm just hoping wow. they don't do the same thing as fucking uh, uh, Fantastic Four 2, where it was a giant cloud. Mm. <laughs> that was so good. Mm. Giant cloud. If you keep like saying that, like I don't know why it is, but all I'm thinking about is like cotton candy right now, and I'm gonna have to like go eat. Some it was sugar. the most. It was the most dangerous cotton candy. Yeah. It's like the cloud from Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a giant fart cloud. Um, So before we get too far off track, because I will just start making fart jokes all night, and I'm not going to apologize for my outburst here. Never. Um, Let's talk about Star Wars, because I know that Dustin put this on the list of things he wanted to talk about. And I think it's important, like Mandalorian first off. We're way too late to talk about that. But holy crap, when... And this is not spoilers anymore. Do not say I'm spoiling anything. We're way past that at this point. Um, but if you if you haven't watched it, um, maybe maybe still skip this. Um, but the Mandalorian, just the way it ended with Luke popping in and taking Grogu, holy crap! Like Sean and I were both like staring at each other because we were trying to figure out who the hell that would be. We thought maybe like it would be Obi Wan or somebody. Like, and then all of a sudden, like, we saw the, the black glove emerge. I'm like, it's Luke. It's Luke. And I just started freaking out. And then we saw his face. I just both of us literally jumping up and down, screaming. Like, it was like <laughs> the Super Bowl for nerds. It was like, holy crap. This is like unexpected. So phenomenal. <laughs> I did not see this coming. And it makes so much sense. It's great. Um, what did you guys think about it? Because I will just 
talk about that one moment for way too long. I mean, once again, it's one of those things where it's like the CGI did not look good. I'll give you that much. <clears throat> That's all really? I have to say about that. I did not like it. So, so let me backtrack to the WandaVision for a moment. Did you know that the scene at the end where she says, I don't know this power yet, but I intend to, or whatever the line was, that whole scene was CGI'd. That was not her speaking. That was all composite, like, imagery used. Did not know that. I think it's just there. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally (laughs) there, but it's also, I think it's because of the fact that I, like, I know that Mark Hamill is not in his 20s anymore. So, like, it's kind of like that uncanny valley. Yeah, that's fair. You know? There's also so many actors, though, who look like him in his 20s now that they could have easily just pulled somebody in new for the role. Like, they didn't have to do the whole like cgi like they did with like rogue one um with what's his face they could have went a little more neutral with it they really could have oh but yeah um um, but the reason i mentioned star wars is we get the new series the bad batch uh coming in may 4th and so it is again another series that is after the clone wars um but i just think it's one they keep focusing on there but I think that's going to be the cool part is you're going to get more animated series crossover likely with a lot of these live action projects. So I would after if I mean, if you watch Rebels and if you watched a lot of the even the Clone Wars and stuff, there is um, clear storyline ties here to what's happening. And so Bad Batch comes out May 4th and um, it's going to be a uh, it's a squad of clones post the clone wars so um and these are from my understanding these are clones that didn't uh follow order 66 right yeah that's gonna be the general premise and and so that's been a recurring so are we going to possibly see like rex and like some of his team pop up are we talking about like obscure like clones that didn't follow orders because he kind of did but tried to fight it uh good like knowing knowing Dave Filoni, we will see Rex. Like if we like I mean you saw Rex I also don't know in... if he's dead. I thought he Well all right, spoiler alert for Rebels. Uh I mean <laughs> Rex is in Rebels, right? And that was Okay, I haven't Wars. watched Rebels. Thanks, Dustin. You ruined everything. <laughs> well that was been out forever. <clears throat> That's on your bad, right? And again, <laughs> Rebels Rebels kicked off one well two things. Again Alex, just put put your earbuds on from old school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Rebels kicked off two things. One, we don't know where um, what's his name, the blue guy, um, not Crone. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Why am I blanking? Um, everyone's gonna hate me if you're a nerd. General Empire. Um, what's it? What what is? Just his use name? some Wanda magic Thrawn. and like Thrawn. flip ahead. Thrawn. Oh yeah. Ron's missing. And we have Ezra, who is a Jedi missing. So that's gonna be the whole thing. And we've already heard Thrawn like being mentioned now in 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 these live action projects. So we're gonna like it's just how we got um what's her name? Ahsoka live action that's directly tied into rebels so the cool part is whatever's going to happen in the bad batch is going to tie off 
directly, I bet, into what you're going to see. Because that's what Dave Filoni has done, and that's what Dave Filoni does, and you're going to see a lot of recurring characters. So um, that's May 4th, and I'm sure it's going to be another awesome one. Because, I mean, Rebels is great. Resistance was great. Clone Wars is great. Um, Mandalorian's great. I mean, Dave Filoni's the future of Star Wars, so it's another Dave Filoni project. It's amazing that you mentioned uh, Thrawn, too, because this just popped up on my radar earlier today, is Benedict Cumberbatch has actually said that he's not taking the role. And I can't tell if it's like, you know, some Paul Bettany trolling of like, oh, I'm very excited for this cameo. It's somebody I've always wanted to work with, highly regarded actor. Or if it's like, you know, he's actually just not doing it. We're going to get Thrawn. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all I, it, it, with, with where Mandalorian is heading and where everything is heading, like the only thing that we know that is happening in both comic or cartoons and live action is Thrawn, Darth Maul. Like that's what you're going to get, like guaranteed. I mean, I am always here for more Darth Maul. Uh, Thrawn's the next big bad they, they, they have to do for Star Wars because, I mean, like, he's pretty iconic if you think about it, so... Yeah, that's that's what I'll say is a lot of season two Mandalorian is like the next season or a, a continuation really of Rebels um, for a lot of different things. So, uh, for instance, Osaka just shows up and most people are like, what if you've never watched Rebels? And if you watch Rebels, you're like, oh, that makes like cool. I get it now. I've only watched Clone Wars and it made sense for me. Like we knew like at the end of Clone Wars, you know, she puts up her hood. She's kind of done with this. She's like, she's doing the Luke thing. She's sending herself yeah. to exile. She's going to live just a normal life somewhere in the woods away from everybody. Yeah, And I, so, I don't blame her. People suck. So I, again, like earmuffs, if you don't want something really big spoiled to you, but like Rebels created time travel in the Star Wars universe. It, it did that. And so that's, I don't know how much of the live action will play into that, but that's what Rebels did on its, its run. So it one casted Thrawn off. There is Ezra, a Jedi that is casted off somewhere. We don't know where either of them are. And time travel was like, established and um, that ties directly into osaka was is like she was one of the the one main storyline there of that. but i mean isn't technically osaka uh dead though because what was it at the at the end of uh was it rise of skywalker you hear the uh, Ray hears those voices, and they credit one of the voices to Osaka. So she could be, but also they the the line they use there kind of like gets them out of it and gets them to play done. Where it's you once you've kind of achieved that level um, of the Force, you can hear all of the Jedi's from past, present, and to come. So like oh, there's a, there's possibly voices that like we don't know who those characters are yet because they haven't been introduced in this. Like, um, I think they all were credited. So I think, you know, beyond that, there's probably no speculating, but I think it is all like that. That's what it was. I think it's face also, value. 
we don't know how long it was. So she could be very old or like, you know, there's a, there is a sizable gap here. If we're talking immediately the fall of the empire to. Yeah. There, there's like a 30 year gap between episode um, six and seven. Seven. Yeah. So like, it's very possible. Maybe she died of old age, natural causes somewhere along the lines, or maybe there's a story we're going to find out. Cause I think there is an Asaka, um, uh, movie coming or at least a disney plus show like i heard that there was something in the works so it definitely seems yeah, there's a disney feasible. plus there's more show to come. coming there's a disney plus show coming i'm pretty sure um but yeah anyway that was the reason i wanted to bring up star wars was because you have the bad batch coming and if we've seen anything from clone wars and if you've seen anything from rebels and resistance there is direct story tie-ins that you don't need them to make a good story or to make things like the Mandalorian awesome, but it adds a lot of depth to the story. If you've watched them. I think um, one thing for everyone is to touch on, and this kind of also ties into, I don't want to go into her. So I'm actually not even going to talk about um, Osaka's actress, uh, Rosario. um, I can't remember her last name. Dawson? Yeah, Dawson. So. Why, yeah. why is that such an easy last name? Why was that just something I could not remember? Um, I won't touch base on that because I think we've already like hashed out some of it and it's just, it's a mess and I don't even want to start no, unraveling that of, mess this uh... late at night. Um, but Gina. Let's talk about Gina. Like, I feel like, so for those of you unaware, um, What's her last name? Is it Carano? Carano. 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 Um, Gina Carano on social media has been very active in vocal about um, some very heavy leaning, like right wing discussion topics, uh, some Q theories. uh, Kind of like she goes into some of those controversial topics and then she also leans kind of heavily into the libertarian category of just don't let the government tell you what to do. So there's a lot going on and a lot to unpack there. That's way beyond my pay rate of $0 to talk to you. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep it short and sweet. That's what's going on. It's a huge, it's a political mess and thing going on in her life. And there has been some very upsetting things that she's shared um, in comparing, and this might be content warning. I don't want to say it's a trigger warning necessarily, but definitely content warning. Content warning this is probably going to get a little bit deep into some of the things she said, and I'm going to try to keep it surface level. Cause it's just, it's, it's disgusting to me. It's, personally. I mean, if anything so, we, go, we can always just hint at it and just be like, you know, Google's a thing guys look it up. Yeah. Google, Google's a thing. So if you want to learn more about it, but she, she made some comparisons that being a Republican being right wing is um, the same kind of persecution that the Jews faced during the Holocaust then tried to back that walk back that comment a little, then doubled down on it, and just kind of this back and forth wishy-washy stuff. She said more awful things, but that's just the only thing I really care that was she, like the nail in the coffin to me, and that was apparently also, the nail in the coffin to Disney as well. She also made some uh, trans, like transphobic jokes and like comments. Uh, what was it? Oh, she, yeah. She identified she, as bippity-boppity-boop or something like that. And, like, she she put the, the beep boop bop in her twitter profile because everybody was asking if she would do solidarity um and put her pronouns in her bio and so she did that as uh saying 
it was just a kind of a slap in the face to everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to get too much into that. There's way too much to unpack in the short amount of time because I think we've already been talking for like two hours. So Google exists. Go look it up if you if you really want to know. But the TLDR is Disney finally has reacted to these constant trends on social uh, and calls for and, fire fire her. And, sh- and she was warned by Disney. She was warned by Disney on multiple occasions to be like, hey, you know, slow it down a little bit. Don't like, don't do this. Uh, we are warning you that like, this is a thing. Like, stop. And she basically was like, middle fingered and was like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do for my yeah and then she went on the babylon b podcast (laughs) jeez um what i i I don't necessarily get it because like just from a personal standpoint and this is obviously not reflective of any of you guys so yeah it's just you know if you're if you're working for the mouse like you're owned by the mouse like you abide by what they want and then on top of that it's just you know these are not probably behaviors that are reflective of Disney's values currently as a company. They've kind of pivoted a lot of their stuff to try to be more inclusive and more welcoming. And, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're ultimately in a Star Wars role, which is fighting fascism in space. Like, Yeah. And then the, the thing is that it's also, it's like, it's not just her. I mean, every job nowadays does that. I mean, like, I've, I've been warned by my job before about certain things that I posted. I, I made a comment uh, insulting. Uh, uh, I use a program to log into work and I made a comment online, like being like, this program's fucking shit. And I got a call from my manager going like, hey, buddy, don't say that. And I was like, got it. I will delete that message and I will not say anything anymore, you know? And, uh, you know, uh it, everybody's can be held accountable it's not just because she works for the mouse i mean like employers don't want their employees being ill representations of them you i know? think too it comes down to her character like she played this strong female or what was supposed to be a strong female you know who's going to kick ass take names and all of that and then you see like online you know she's supporting a lot of the things that are kind of the opposite of that character and they don't have to be their character in real life obviously yeah. that's a problem in itself but at the same time you know there's there's a change in societal values like we value accountability we value transparency inclusivity diversity like we want to see that stuff and you know like it's harder for me you know cuz i speak from a place of privilege but you know, I want my friends to feel empowered to speak up. I want to make sure that I'm there to speak out for the problems that they face, you know, because it's not just like, you can't, you can't just, what is it? What's the term? Like silence is uh, violence at this point. Yeah, like, silence, that's what uh, it silence is. is violence. Yeah. I mean, the other reality too is this is a global property, right? Yeah. This is a global property and um it is a very as it should be um sensitive subject in a place like germany right um we've seen for better or worse uh posters that were altered for china when it came to the episodes that certain individuals were masked and shadowed or made very much smaller or non-existent um because sometimes global properties uh they're where they're being played maybe uh racist uh we'll put it that way 
So um, this you you're it goes beyond just the U.S. and I would say the conversations even happening here. So uh, how if you were a if you were in Germany and you're watching this and that's the star, so you follow them on social media like that has very real life implications, yeah. right? And we know very broadly and drastically that Disney cherishes more audiences than just the United States audience, right? And these, they are, I'm sure, doing everything they can to get as much global traction like they do anything that they invest in. Um, and so I also don't know how China feels about this. I don't know how broadly Europe feels about this. I'm sure there are, uh, you know, the way some of these things are taken, I'm sure have far more sizable impact than what's even been discussed. And I, you know, I, I would love, you know, that especially the people that went to defend her, uh, none of them discussed that. None of them want, they all want to be capitalists, right? You, and that's like, that's the funniest thing to me is like, that's like really what conservative comes to is like capitalists and free markets, but you're not going to know, not one of them discussed long-term implications for their German customers or their international or their other European customers. Um, or, you know, there, there are countries that, you know, for instance, the transphobic uh, or perceived transphobic tweets could drastically impact. So that's the other pieces when you are running one of the largest companies that is globally recognized for everything that they do from yeah. parks to content to anything they make like it is one of the most globally recognized brands that that has very serious global implications and could cause potential growth problems in those places and yeah i, mean, I will like, say oh go ahead for no, me no, go, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say from the time i spent in germany like uh when i was working with um cameron at the record label it was it's a very interesting thing like when you go there they they are you know very ashamed and kind of humbled in a sense by like their past like and it's not like a positive humble obviously it's yeah. like a these activities have happened we are not proud of the the history that has happened here and they don't try to destroy it they in a sense like i went to dachau and it's a very like somber you know you walk through there's tours, they tell you about it, and they tell you like what they're doing to make it right, what they've taken, like what steps they've taken for, you know, countrywide education moving forward, like rest, like restitution in a sense. It's, I don't think it was fully like, you know, we're giving people money, but it was like, you know, the things they're doing to pay it forward um, yeah. for what happened. And it's something that they don't forget. And then um, in the US, there's this US centric history that we're taught where it's, you know, the US took in their guns and we're the we're the good guys we saved the yeah. day yeah yeah <laughs> just like cowboy rooty tooty shooty like up in there and it's it's you know there there's different perspectives where it's like i could totally see like how you know that thing happening with gina just posting that could effectively like you know that could have governmental implications there like there might be i don't know their laws but there might be fines for you uh, know doing stuff like that there might be like disney cannot operate 
what it's, a, it's illegal to have any kind of uh i know for sure and, and gina didn't show this but uh it's illegal to show any uh nazi symbolism or anything like that like you can't have like a flag depicting it or like a, a post picture depicting like the swastika and stuff like that yeah and that, that gets there. muddy where it's like you know she's a u.s citizen she's in the u.s i assume she is um given her political stance but it's one of those things like it could have further implications from you know the government in germany could pressure disney to be like you need to take action or you cannot do business here yeah. i doubt it would come to that but like I mean, you don't know that i don't know that yeah and then on top of that like uh you uh, doesn't mention that like it's, it's capitalist in the free market capitalism free market means that they're their own company and they can decide to do what they feel is best benefit for them and you know they gave her warnings and she continued doubling down and they went all right cool you're not in our best benefit yeah i will say the way they left her story arc in mandalorian 2 a uh, season 2 um i forget her character's name um it it wasn't my favorite part of the show to be honest but like it, it's a part of the show and where they left it though you know she got that offer to you know hey if you ever want to come join us and she was supposed to have a call. And she was supposed to have a spinoff too. Yeah. Yeah, that she was, was a shock trooper. That's that's the reason why it was its own show. And yeah. she was going to be the star of that show. So that's why it ended the way it did, because she, there that character is supposed to have a whole lot more going on to it. Um but it worked out in the favor where now Disney could just essentially say, you know, oh, she went and fucked off in space with that guy who asked her to. Like, <laughs> they don't they don't have to go beyond that. There's no explanation. Like, they yeah. can just be like, you know, her character, the way they left it, she effectively got written out. Yeah. I mean, the question is, will they just recast, though? I haven't read anything if they're going to recast or not. Uh, they, the, from my understanding, they're not sure where to go from here yeah. as of yet. But, I don't I mean, think they'll they recast, but there's so many other like strong characters in the universe that they could either pull from or create. So I don't think they need to worry about it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, she it was it would I think it would be different if she was the star of the show itself. If she was the star of the Mandalorian, it would be like, but they could easily just since it's a show that hasn't come out yet. It's like okay, we'll figure something out, you know. We'll edit it in post, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out, you know. Just do some, uh, what is it, the the AI technology, the face swap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the name of it is when they do it. Um, oh, deep fake. Yeah, I don't know why face. I couldn't remember that. They'll just deep fake her face. <laughs> <laughs> Recast her with like a whole new face. Anyway. I think I've seen for beyond like maybe like two or three times at this point. So I think he's getting ready to call it quits. Still a little tired. Well, actually, I have to start getting ready for work in a little bit. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to keep you for that. No, no, no. I started at 10, but I still have to like, sh like shower, eat, yada, yada, yada. Wait, 10 your time? Yeah. Okay. I work 10 to 6 a.m. Sorry, it's I'm like a... five minutes to 10 on the East Coast right now. And I'm like, you better get going, dude. <laughs> You're going to be late. <laughs> I live the graveyard life. Mm. 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 Yeah. All right, let's send it then. Let's end right. it, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, we will definitely be back, hopefully more regularly, with the drop of Falcon and Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
geez, I'm going to go to bed and try to recoup my talking skills before we do that. But um, <laughs> be sure to tune into that on March 19th, because that's going to be amazing. And hopefully it'll change my mind about the characters. It will. <laughs> I think it will. I think you're going to find them adorable. <laughs> you're gonna find him adorable you're gonna I, I just like, mm, i love him oh no, no no bucky is so cute like he's <laughs> he's america's sweetheart um doesn't, ha- doesn't have doesn't have america's ass but certainly mm, does not have america's ass <laughs> but that is america's ass <laughs> well uh thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next time later y'all see everyone <laughs>